Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast. I am your host, Eric Podwashki, and every Thursday I'll be releasing a new episode where I interview someone currently working in the Bitcoin industry and what their experience is like. My only ask is that if you're a Bitcoin company looking to hire talented people, or if you're a Bitcoiner looking to get a job in the Bitcoin industry, please head over to our website and get in touch with us. And our website is www.bitcointalent.co. My guest today is Alex Mustando, who is a senior talent advisor here at Bitcoin Talent Co. Before that, he was a recruiter at both Robinhood and Kraken. And this is Alex's first week on the job here at Bitcoin Talent Co. So I figured I'd have him on the podcast and discuss his journey in the recruiting industry, transitioning into the Bitcoin industry, and then as well leave some tips and advice to those looking to get jobs in Bitcoin from a recruiter lens. So let's dive into the show. And this week, I have Alex Mustando from Bitcoin Talent Co. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Eric, how's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going well. Bright and early here in Utah. Awesome. Yeah. So Alex actually just joined the team, and this is his first week on the job. So I'm curious, how's Bitcoin Talent Co. in your first week? Yeah, things have been, been really good so far. Um, moving pretty fast, as the industry usually does. Um, but awesome process, you know, prior to, to joining, had really good conversations with the team, um, understand the, the need at hand and, and really excited to, to make an impact immediately. Awesome. Yes. For those listening, Alex is a recruiter focused in the Bitcoin industry. So at the end of the interview, we will dive into some like tips and advice for those looking to get a job in the industry, you know, how to touch up your resume, those kind of things. But before we get there, uh, Alex, I'm curious about your history before Bitcoin. You know, where'd you go to school? What'd you study? And then we'll bridge the gap, how you got into Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. So graduated back in uh, 2019 with a marketing degree um, in Monmouth University, a school in New Jersey. Um, had a lot of experience with like my fraternity and social events, extracurriculars and whatnot. Um, and that just kind of snowballed into really just being a people person, um, understanding a need and wanting to fill that need for an individual. Um, and I think that just kind of made me allude to recruiting. You know, I think it, it was a, a thing between sales and recruiting. What would I rather do? Um, you know, where can I really see myself moving forward and having success? Um, I love the people side of it. And I think that's why I went into recruiting as a whole. Um, so yeah, honestly, didn't didn't really even go through anything marketing wise, wanted to, to go toward recruiting initially from university. Um, I know a lot of folks kind of just fall into it. Um, I think I was pretty fortunate to graduate, you know, get a recruiting role and, and stay within the industry ever since. So um, that's kind of, you know, initially how I got into the recruiting world and, and you know, currently here to stay. So post university then, how did you get your foot in the door in the recruiting in industry? Yeah, good question. So um, I think it was actually like January, February of my senior year. So I still had a whole second semester to go. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a knack to move out west. So like I said, I was in New Jersey, um, started to apply to a lot of tech companies and agencies within the recruiting world uh, in the Bay Area, in Los Angeles, San Diego, um, even some in like Denver and whatnot. And ultimately, the Bay Area had a obviously a, a ton of traction in terms of open roles, industry, um, you know, different companies that were hiring. Um, so I went into a company called Harnum, which was a data engineering um, slash data analytics agency specifically in the Bay again. Um, and I focused on engineering hiring, so tech hiring, software engineers, data engineers, so on and so forth. Um, and that was kind of my first, you know, once again, first true, you know, FTE role within within the world, you know, within, within the recruiting space. Um, agency setting. So it was extremely fast paced, you know, had to do business development in the morning, had to do the recruiting end in the afternoon. Um, mm. Just like a wide breadth of experience within the tech world there, um, you know, for my very first role within recruitment. Gotcha. Okay. So 2019, you graduate from school, right? Yep. Um, where does Bitcoin fit into this? 
when did you like first discover Bitcoin and how do you get to the point now? Yeah, probably right, right around there to, to be fair. I think like I had a, I guess like a slight kind of epiphany in terms of like different markets, different things that I wanted to do that I haven't done yet, investing options, things along those lines and crypto just fell right into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like initially, you know, the excitement was there for Bitcoin in 2018, 2019, got into it then. Um, I think as many folks that were in the industry or following the industry, you know, got excited by a lot of the other things that were happening, all the advancements, NFTs, et cetera, can go on mm-hmm. for a while. Um, so my excitement continued to, to continue as well. Um, I'll caveat that with, you know, as that excitement continued to rise, you know, through 2020, 2021, 2022, even till here we are now, um, a lot of that excitement went back to one specific scope around Bitcoin. So I think like my journey itself went from like super interested and super excited in Bitcoin specifically um, to like more of the generalized categories like I just shared that kind of started to emerge once Bitcoin started to obviously get much bigger. That's such a common Uh, story, but yeah, keep going. Back down to scope specifically right around to where I am now where, um, yes, I think it's very exciting. I think there's a lot of stuff that can happen, but I'm focused and I specialize in Bitcoin. That's where I put my my time. That's where I want to stay. And I just think that's due to the technology. That's due to what's going on around in our world and our financial systems and so on and so forth. Um, so I think like, again, that's kind of the, the way that I went on from Bitcoin to kind of the full space back down to, to Bitcoin where I, you know, where I remain to stay. Nice. Yeah. And do you recall a specific moment? Like was, was there a moment when the light bulb went on in your head? You're like, Oh, Bitcoin's different than the rest of this crypto stuff that's going on. Yeah. I think like, I think like for me, it was just like a use case scenario. Like I saw the use cases and a lot of different things, NFTs, etc. cetera. Um, but for me, the technology of Bitcoin and the use cases of Bitcoin, once again, specifically in, in this market and kind of where we are today, um, like that's what got me super excited. I, I again, I saw different different use cases and things that we can obviously utilize within the other areas of business. Um, yeah. But really looking at like, you know, the solidarity of Bitcoin, you know, the the true transparency of it, the supply, etc. All these different things that go into it to make it what it is. Um, that was my light bulb, and, and I think like that light bulb continues to click and continues to ding. Mm-hmm. Um, as things happen in the market, as we look at, like I said, this this current market segment that we're in, if we want to rewind back to, you know, about you know a year ago to, to March of last year when, you know, obviously the market took a took a turn for for the negative, like all these things kind of snowball into my initial light bulb, as well as like I said, kind of like how I think about it today and how it continues to evolve and continues yeah. to you know bring ideas to the table. Same here, yeah. Continue continually like learning about it more and more, and the more I learn, the more I. I'm like, okay, I understand Bitcoin, yeah. and this is something that's going to change the world, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's bridge the gap now. So we got graduate from school. You're working more primarily in engineering type of recruiting. Mm-hmm. And as well, you know, you're dabbling in the crypto stuff. Um, <clears throat> coming back to Bitcoin, how did you break into the broader crypto, crypto industry? Yeah, good question there. So... Um from my initial recruiting agency, <clears throat> went into a fintech company as well in the Bay. That was actually my first um, internal recruiting role. So from agency to internal, mm-hmm. uh, company was called Planful, a really, really awesome company in the Bay. Um, fintech space for all like FP&A automation for the most part. So um, fintech was pretty much the industry that I wanted to be in. And even still, you know, here today, I think like that's kind of my, my sweet spot, my bread and butter. But in terms of like going from fintech into you know the, the crypto space and the crypto world bitcoin space as a whole 
Um, I actually joined Robinhood initially. So Robinhood, um, I was there for about a year, a little bit over a year. Um, went pre-IPO with the company and post-IPO as well. Um, so really good experience there. And obviously, you know, working on a lot of the <clears throat> crypto um, advancements and different highlights that the product and platform was doing um, you know, in, in exactly that time frame, going from pre, pre-IPO to post-IPO. So a lot of mm-hmm. stuff um, to focus on, a lot of stuff to work, work on. And that was ultimately, um, you know, the first like true corporate corporate role that I had within the crypto space. Um, and like I said, like massively interested in all markets, whether it's real estate, stock market, options, et cetera, leveraged. Um, and I just think like that was an awesome role for, again, like to really be behind something and to be, with a team and platform and product that I truly, truly aligned with, um, that I wanted to move forward, that I wanted others to adopt and that I wanted to teach others as well. And mm-hmm. I think also like what I like about recruitment is that like I have that opportunity to do that on a day in and day out basis. Like I'm able to share my highlights, my experiences, answer questions for individuals, whether it's on a company, whether it's on Bitcoin, whether it's on et cetera. Um, so I think like, like I said, not to ramble there coming from Robin hood, um, Ultimately, the market happened. Um, I, I left Robinhood for Kraken Digital Asset Exchange um, and pretty much dove right into there as a senior recruiter. Um, so with Kraken, that was my last role prior to Bitcoin Talent Co. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, as, as, as Bitcoin and digital asset as you can get with Kraken, um, like massive team, global company, just like so awesome and, and such immense full or impactful work, I should say, um, on a true global scale, right? We were in like 75 countries, you know, when I was mm-hmm. um, So like really impactful work and just like really awesome to see like everything come to life within a Slack channel, you know, whether you're ideal, idealizing into a Slack channel into like really bringing a concept or an internship program or whatever it was to life. Um, awesome, awesome role there and, and experience and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, once again, ultimately the, the market had some, some unfortunate plans for the, the crypto world yeah. uh, and obviously not only the crypto world, but markets as a whole. Um, and yeah, I made, made my move into, into Bitcoin Talent Co. Um, you know, had, had really good conversations up front. Um, once again, this is my industry. This is where I want to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just really aligned. It worked out for me. And, and, you know, here we are on, on this podcast. So once again, happy to, to be here and, you know, happy that my experience, you know, aligned this way. Yes, sir. I'm uh, happy as well. <clears throat> the more people working in Bitcoin, the better, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious about if you could recall your, your interview process, either at Robin Hood or Kraken. What was that like? Yeah. So um, I can go Kraken specifically. Sure. And I think like they're they're pretty similar for the most part, um, mm. you know, in terms of application in um, recruiter would, would reach out initially um, for an application re- receive template just to kind of fill those, those gaps for you know keeping a candidate warm while they're awaiting you know feedback and whatnot um, to a recruiter screen usually thirty minutes, um, usually done over Zoom as well with with Kraken. I think like that's another piece and we can get into this in the recruiting recruiting end whether. Mm-hmm phone screen for your first round or a zoom call um a lot of questions there in terms of like what what's what's better off what's more useful you know what's um a higher rate of success in terms of the, the pipeline and whatnot um so from there um had a hiring manager screen i think it was with a recruiting lead rather than the overall uh, recruiting manager mm-hmm. went through a writing assessment so um like a three stage writing assessment in terms of um it was like writing a candidate, you know, in mail for a cold, a cold, a cold reach out, um, a follow up, and then a third 
relatively lengthy email um, to hook a candidate on with an offer that we gave them. Uh, however, the offer was slightly under comp. Um, you know, they weren't answering a couple emails. And we really needed this candidate. So the prompt there was, you know, what kind of persuasive language can you use to, you know, get this candidate in and, and you know, ultimately make a hire? So that was the writing prompt. And then that was followed by the final stage, um, which was with the recruiting lead and recruiting manager. And uh, it was a live sourcing assessment. So they gave me a role um, that they were currently hiring for. Um, you know, basic questions in terms of like, how would you structure your intake meeting? And I would have to do that live with them. And then utilize the, the data and information that I got from that intake meeting and input that into a live sourcing assessment on LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. so ask me questions, you know, how many years of experience do you want to put for this person? Um, any keywords that you want to put in? You know, what industries are you looking at? Um, and then I would have to give, say, two to three, like, really strong profiles. They would ask, why them? You know, what makes them strong? Um, they would then handpick maybe one or two not-so-fit profiles. You know, why not them? And understanding the true, like, logic and, and, and like, true answers to the questions of why are these people going into the process and why are we looking to speak to these individuals? Um, so that was, like, the general process there. And I think, like, that, that's pretty relative in terms of interview process that I've been a part of. Um, you know, some without assessment, some with, but, but pretty relative throughout. Okay. Yeah. So I heard maybe three or more rounds of interviews for yeah. this one job. Okay. And then there was also assessment part of that. Yeah. I'm going to say including, including the assessment. Um, yeah, I would say it was about, it was, it was like four, four true steps, including the assessment. Okay. And how long was that, you know, drawn out? What was the timeline like? Yeah. Like a month, two months? No, this was quick. Kraken, Kraken operated pretty quickly. I will say, okay. you know, not all processes do. Yeah. Uh, I think Kraken at the time was absolutely in a growth growth mode. I mean, that's obviously why, you know, a lot of the recruiting team was brought on at that period. Um, I'm going to say like a week and a half probably for that process. Wow. It was fast. I will, I will okay. say that in terms of previous processes, more toward a month, you know, if we're going back to Robinhood or even my, my role before that with the FinTech company Planful, yeah. um, I would say it's a, you know, a handful of weeks toward, toward a month on, on average. Um, but yeah, Kraken moved moved pretty quick, and hey, you know, I, I appreciated that on their end. <laughs> yeah, is that what you typically see across all industries? Like, what's the typical timeline to to get someone hired? Yeah, I feel like I feel like on average, like the 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 answer to give here is like thirty days. Um, yeah, but you know, I think if we're hiring someone at a leadership level, if we're hiring someone extremely senior, um, yeah, extremely niche, like all of those things are obviously massive, massive proponents in terms of like what is our true time to hire and, and what should we be looking at? There were some executive recruiting engagements, you know, that would go four months, five months. Um, it really just would, would vary. I've also hired some, you know, director level roles in two and a half weeks. So it, it just depends on like, you know, your, your structure, um, mm -hmm. you know, already from your hiring manager and from your stakeholders. Um, and then being able to really have that presence to understand, you know, what more do I need to know? Is there anything else that I'm missing? You know, profile alignment, et cetera. Um, so I think like all that goes into it. Um, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of luck in there when it's a really quick hire, but yeah. you know, it's, it's about, you know, how hard you're hitting the market, getting your right information, um, and ultimately, you know, putting the right profiles in front of the right individuals. Right. Yeah. So it really comes down to the process, I think, overall. Yeah. Um, so do you recall during your interviews, whether it be Robinhood, Robinhood, Kraken, or even firms before that, what was a recruiting recruiting related interview question that really made you think outside the box? Well, that's a good one. 
Um, the first one that comes to mind, I think, like, and and the question here was, and it it was on a recruiter screen, um, and it was an extremely complex and a recruiter screen meaning like the pretty much the first interaction with the company, mm-hmm. um, and it was a, an extremely complex question on the product itself, and it wasn't the the question was given not to see, you know, how much research did this candidate do. What do they know about us? You know, are they ready to jump on it immediately? It was more about the hiring manager knowing we weren't going to know the question or know the answer, I should say. Uh-huh. It was more about how do we field something that we're unaware of? Do we ask for help? Do we make up something and snowball an answer? Yeah. Um, and, oh, I love this one. And obviously, you know, a VP of Eng or a head of marketing, you know, yeah. they, they know, okay, this candidate you know, he he he, know, he knows this answer, or okay, I think he he, he researched it. He researched it a bit, and you know, he kind of snowballed it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I was upfront. I was like, I, truthfully, like I just shared to you, you know, I, I did research, um, but like this one, this one's a this one's a toughie. Like I would I would need some more information. Like I would love to learn more about you. Can you tell me more about this answer? Yeah. Um, you know, and that that was you know the correct avenue to to go on. Um, and I think like you can do that with a lot of things, whether it's like culture product you can even ask like questions on like equity just to understand like does this individual know the answer and if they don't know the answer um you know will they ask for help will they ask the right questions to get that answer and that gives you insight in terms of like what they'll work or or how they'll work on the inside of your company you know if you give them a deliverable or you give them an action to take on and they don't know how to do it um you would rather them come to you for advice or come to another team member or a stakeholder for insight um, rather than kind of just, you know, hoping that they do the right thing. So I think like that was one avenue. Another one that I thought of is just like another one, I, I guess more toward the culture aspect mm-hmm. is like something that your last role had that you either hope your next role has or hope your next role doesn't have. And that gives you an immense insight in terms of where they're coming from what they really liked, what they really didn't like, um, mm. and then pairing that with, again, like what they hope to find or not hope to find in their next role. Um, and you can go out down that, you know, down that rabbit hole through different avenues as well. But, you know, you, it's a tricky answer because you, you want to be honest and transparent with the hiring manager or with the recruiter in terms of what your last experience was, mm. um, you know, but you also want to, to make sure that, you know, what you're looking for, this company will have. Um, so I think like, it's really being honest. It's really being transparent. Um, and as a candidate, it's asking the recruiter the right questions, um, saying, "Hey, you know, this is what I just experienced. Is that the case with this culture? Is that the case with this manager, etc." So I think like yeah. those are two two good good examples of questions where a lot of thought can go into them. They can probably stump candidates at times as well. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, like, transparency is the way to go for sure. Yeah, I love both of those. So let's dive into what do you do day to day as a recruiter. And then we'll go into like, what do you do day to day as a recruiter and focus in the crypto and more focus in Bitcoin yeah. industry? Yeah. I mean, for, for the most part, right? I mean, short, short answer is um, I help and assist and advise um, clients and candidates both on uh, hiring and, and job seeking ultimately, right? So I, I think obviously dependent on an internal role and agency position, it's all the same dynamic, um, right? We have... We have an action that we need or a, a vacancy that we need to fill um, for a company, for a vertical or for a client specifically. Um, and it's my role to understand that vacancy, understand that need, um, and then go out and find the right individuals for that need, you know, for the company, mm-hmm. for the team, for the client, mm-hmm. etc. Um, so I think like broad scale, that's, that's you know, the answer there. Um, 
but I think, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Um, a lot of different messaging and outreach and campaigns and different content that we're creating and putting out to, you know, push a job or, or to get a job in front of the right person. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's as easy as just going on LinkedIn, you know, putting in a few job titles and a few years of experience and, you know, yeah. the results. Um, but what they don't see is that, you know, uh, you know, more times than not, the best candidates are almost hidden. You know, they're, they're either on LinkedIn with little to no experience, or if it's an extremely niche role, um, you know, there's a lot of backend work that goes into it and a lot of conversations and a lot of, um, you know, data points that you have to dive into and report on and whatnot. Um, so, you know, not to ramble here, but I think like as a whole, yes, of course, it's, it's, it's filling that gap between a, um, a, an individual looking for a role and an individual slash team looking to, to hire for a role and, you know, match mm-hmm. um, but pairing that with, like I said, all the back end work that goes into that to not only make that happen, um, but to make it happen efficiently, right? Like we're right. not in a period, especially in this market, never mind the Bitcoin industry, but in this market specifically, um, things move fast, right? You can have a candidate at offer stage and then not have a candidate offer stage due to counter offers or yeah. leaving the process for, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons. So um, it's once again, doing the action, uh, which is a task in itself, but it's doing the action in an efficient manner um, for your client, for your team, because, you know, time is time is of the essence, time is money for sure. Um, and like I said, when, when, when teams or clients have vacancies on their role um, or on, you know, in their org, I should say, that's problems for them, right? That's money. That's money lost for them. That's opportunities lost for them. Um, so again, like the task at hand is obviously the task at hand, but we want to do that efficiently and effectively, um, you know, throughout. So that's where all the back end work comes into it for sure. Yeah. So us at Bitcoin Talent Co. here, we have a talent pool filled, very talented uh, Bitcoiners that we pull from for our recruiting searches. But I'm curious as well, what are some methods you use to go out into the market and find candidates? Yeah, I'm like, I love connecting with individuals, right? Like I, I really enjoy the, the people aspect of it. I know some recruiters that are, are, you know, they want to be very selective in terms of, obviously you always want to be selective in terms of who you're talking to, but I really enjoy like having as many folks interested slash aware of a role or a company, you know, the more, the better is kind of how I look at it. So I think like, not necessarily like a spray and pray tactic where I'm just reaching out to whoever, but like I love being on LinkedIn and just matching profiles to roles and just shortlisting and being able to say like, hey, you know, today I found 50 or so really strong profiles. Like, let's go through these individuals. Like, let's let's maybe see if we have a hire for them now. And even mm-hmm. if we don't have a hire for them now, very similar to your point, with this pool of candidates that we have, you know, we're we're able to do something where even if we don't have a role for them right now, let's still chat with them or let's, let's have a little warm message with them or a warm engagement with them just to say like, Hey, this is what we do. Like, I know you may not be looking right now, or I know that we may not have a perfect role for you right now, but who's to say that's not going to change in a week or in a month from now. Right. So I think like Mm -hmm. that is the, the thing that I think about when not only looking at, you know, what four or five roles do I have in front of me and, and matching those perfect profiles to, you know, to get candidates in that way. But it's really about, you know, we're in the Bitcoin landscape, like we're, we're extremely niche and we're only focusing on that. So if we have folks that are interested and that are very strong in terms of their experience and what they do, let's, let's, let's chat to them, right? Let's, let's, let's make us, you know, let's, let's have that awareness to, 
to bring the Bitcoin talent code to them. So we're yeah. front of mind to them um, so that if they ever do need something or if they need a new job or if we have a new job for them, you know, it's an, it's an automatic message and automatic outreach. So I think mm-hmm. that's really, again, like hitting the market, you know, LinkedIn, being able to share different campaigns, Twitter, you know, different socials. Um, and again, it's like a brand awareness thing for sure. But it's also just, you know, hey, like we're in the recruiting space. You have a great profile, like would love to connect um, and just taking kind of your network from from there for the most part. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, I want to turn this conversation now more into the audience listening that's looking to get a job in the industry. So as a recruiter, let's go through some scenarios like what are you looking for exactly when you're screening candidates? Yeah. So, for instance, um, you mentioned you're looking on social media, primarily LinkedIn and even Twitter, too. Yeah. What can a candidate do to optimize their profile to be attractive to the recruiter? Yeah. I mean, like, for instance, I, I guess the way I look at it is, like, if you're really focused in one area, the way that we're focused in Bitcoin. Like one industry? Correct. Yeah. Like that gotcha. should, that should be front of mind. And I think like, even if like, even if like the most, if you're most interested in Bitcoin or most interested in, in an industry, I think like optimizing your headline in terms of that really. And again, like recruiters are obviously looking at much more than that, but you know, the minute we see for mm-hmm. instance, on my end, the minute I see what, whatever it is, hashtag Bitcoin, Bitcoin enthusiasts, you know, yeah. Bitcoin miner, that's a, you know, a really good experience in terms of like engineering or whatever, like, all of those things are, are top of mind things that before we see anything, we see that. So mm-hmm. like those are the little things that absolutely matter. You know, once again, obviously your experience is first and foremost, but in terms of like optimizing what recruiters see, whether it's your resume, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, um, anything on social, I think like that is probably the number one way to do it in terms of just like quick glance, you know, when, when, I saw a stat a few a few days ago um, that said like most recruiters take like just a couple seconds to look at a resume, yeah. and a couple seconds to look at a resume, and it's either a pass forward or it's a you know or it's an archive, um, and those couple seconds you know those recruiters I, I personally I take a yeah. few more than a couple seconds, uh, but those those recruiters you know that's what we need to optimize like they're looking for those buzzwords you know they're looking at job descriptions that are looking for x y and z um and making sure that you have x y and z on your resume so i think like that's another piece of optimization you know when diving into the experience part so looking at those two avenues like i would say that's kind of like top of mind for me is like through optimization of headlines you know what what they're looking for what they're working in um whether it's an industry a product etc um and yeah, like obviously in terms of like the resume, it's utilizing a job description. You know, obviously this job description is exactly what we're looking for. So I always tell candidates, you know, mold your job description, mold your resume, excuse me, off of the job description. Obviously don't copy it word for word, yeah. but if you see specific things that you've already done, like absolutely tailor that to to your resume and, and share, you know, that the responsibilities that we're looking for, you've already accomplished in X, Y, Z, you know, work efforts. You know what I'm trying to say? So I think like those two specific ways to optimize um, on your own for sure. And then I think utilizing careers, you know, in terms of like career sites or overall websites, um, landing pages, et cetera, like really just be able to, you know, see what you have in front of you in terms of the opportunity and the role um, and tailor that to, to your experience as a whole, you know, really customize it for moving forward. Right. Um, 
I like I like that advice there. Let's go through resumes now. So I know you mentioned that you should tailor your resume for the specific role. So anyone listening that just has a general uh, resume and submitting that, definitely increase your odds of getting an interview at least if you make it tailored for that specific role. Because like Alex said, you're looking through that job description. Um, what's an ideal resume look like to you? Like, can you give me like the format from top to bottom? Like, where do your eyes look at? Yeah. I think this obviously varies too. Like a lot of different templates out there. Yeah. Um, like me personally, obviously, again, dependent on the role, but I'll always just make sure like, we'll see what the education is first and foremost, see what the mm-hmm. education is, where they graduated, what their degree was. Um, and that will kind of start my thinking process of, are they in the same field? Are they not? Why are they not? Like for me, you know, I, I would ask me, you know, you were in marketing, what, what got you into recruitment? Just to, like understand, yeah. understand their story in a sense. So that's kind of where I start. I think like as a whole, you know, education is usually on the bottom, very, very bottom or very, very top mm-hmm. side, depending on templates and whatnot. Um, you know, and then I think like true experience, right? Like I, I think the first thing that pops out and obviously with this market, it's, it's a, it's a delicate one, but like individuals that, you know, really were jumpy or hoppy to say the least, I think yeah. like stakeholders and hiring managers, that's like usually the number one thing always. It's like, they can be hoppy, you know, they, they can be good. Um, but like, let's find out why, you know, like what yeah. was, what was the reasoning that they went to three companies in two and a half years? You know, was it all layoffs? Was it culture fits? You know, is it something that is a, you know, a red flag waving right in front of our face? Um, so I think like, that's kind of the the main thing there. But I think like when really going through the rest of the resumes, you know, looking for solidified experience, I think like the, the, I guess the easiest or most flowed processes or conversations I've ever had with a hiring manager um, come from profiles that have been in a role for, for a couple of years already, or that are, are very solidified in their position that have solidified positions before that as well, that show their commitment to a team, their commitment to a product. Um, and like, that is the comfortability or, or the level of comfortability that comes, um, from a resume that's not necessarily hoppy. Right. So I think as a recruiter, it's my job to say, Hey, stakeholder, this candidate is very, very strong. They were in a couple companies the last couple of years because of X, Y, and Z. I think you should definitely speak to them. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a very strong conversation to have. Um, at the same time, that conversation isn't needed when a profile is, as I just shared, you know, coming from, let's just say an, exp- an example of three years at one position, two and a half at the next, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's no upfront questions from the hiring team on why. Um, so I think like, again, it's totally okay. If you do have several experiences, I have several experiences. Um, but again, like when looking at like optimizing your resume or looking at like an overall resume for a process, I think that's a, a key thing as well. Um, so other than that, you know, it's, and I don't want to say back to tailoring the resume, but the experience, the education, aligning both of those two, um, trying to figure out, you know, any questions or answers that you need in terms of their experience. Um, you know, other than that skills, um, if they have yeah. specific technical skills, absolutely list them different softwares that they've worked within. Um, you know, this is their, this is their page of, you know, explaining what they do, explaining their specialization, explaining, you know, why they're the best fit for the role. So list everything, list everything that you have. Um, and once again, make it, make it relatable to, to the role that you're trying to get. Right. And I think one more thing is that unique to the Bitcoin industry is 
the Bitcoin companies like to hire Bitcoiners, the specific type of person. Yep. How can a Bitcoiner go and on their resume show that they're passionate about Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've actually went through, you know, uh, a, a quite a few resumes that were folks almost to the to the T of what you just said, where they're coming from a tech company or a fintech or someone in finance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um that have been in the space or investing on their own or, you know, mining or whatever it was for, for a couple of years. Um, and it's not on their resume. And then when you talk to them, you know, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're, you're a great fit for, for a Bitcoin company. Um, you know, this stuff should be listed. So even if, even if you do not have any corporate America experience within, within Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have three years of trading or you have experience with anything within the space, like, it is critical to list that because it automatically shows that, like like you just said, you know, you're an individual with great experience that just never had the chance to dive into the Bitcoin industry. You know, yeah. some some folks are, are fortunate. You know, I was lucky enough to get a get a role with Robinhood, and that kind of snowballed into Kraken into here. Um, but folks that aren't in 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 those positions that are working in other industries that love Bitcoin, you know, make it make it known, make it known that you've been investing for five years, make it known that you got in, in twenty seventeen, or make it known that you own all these NFTs and that you love it. You know, like I think like even even just like anything relative to the space, like I just shared in terms of like anything relative to the job description, anything relative to the space that shows. That, like you just said, that you're a culture fit for a Bitcoin company and you can pair that culture fit, you know, with your extracurricular activities or with your personal yeah. activities you have going on, pairing that with your overall experience, like that's 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 a perfect match, right? Like that's exactly what I would look for for an individual, you know, for, for, for Bitcoin talent codes. Like if, if someone isn't deeply in the space, are they, do they have great experience and do they have a lot of personal interests slash a lot of personal experience investing or mining or, you know, just going to events and conferences, et cetera. So I think like absolutely another, another piece there of, you know, make it known transparency is, is key. Yeah, definitely. And one piece of advice I always give is to start a proof of work project, which basically is a side project. And you can do that while you're working your fiat job, if you will, in another industry yep. and do that for a couple months, you know, just make a podcast, start a Bitcoin blog, just do something related to Bitcoin then put that on your resume and that shows that you're interested in this industry. You want to work in Bitcoin and it's a great way to get your foot in the door with a Bitcoin company. If you're coming outside the industry. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I said, I, I, there, there were so many resumes in my last role where it was exactly that. Right. And I think people, people automatically assumed that where it's like, like I shared, you know, they're coming from a finance role. Um, they've been in the Bitcoin space for, for a handful of years, investing and just loving everything about it, um, but never had the, the chance to embark on an opportunity. So I think, again, yeah. like, you know, share your experience and, and, and be transparent with, you know, everything that you're doing. Definitely. I'm curious as well what you think about personal websites. Do you think they're effective? Yeah, definitely. I think, like, also dependent on the role. Um, if you're a designer, if you're, like, someone in UX, UI, like, absolutely, like, yeah. No- no doubt about it. Um, but I think like that goes for a recruiter, someone in sales, it could, that, that can go for, for anything. Like personally, I've never, I've never actually had my own, my own website, but I absolutely, if I did, would have been sending that out to every company that I spoke to, every interview process that I was a part of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, and it's, it's your own brand, right? It's like you're sharing your brand awareness. You know, why, why should someone hire Eric? Why should someone hire Alex? Um, you know, so I think like that's a plus for sure in terms of whether it's a portfolio, you know, 
a personal website, um, et cetera. And, and absolutely with that, you know, if, if you're really specific to, to one industry, like we're saying about Bitcoin, this goes right into the same conversation that we were just having, right? About tailoring your resume and optimizing your headline and you know, yeah. doing all these things to, to show that you want to be in the space and that, that you're valuable in the space. And, and if someone's valuable in the space, like we want them in the space, right? So yeah. um, absolutely, you know, have, have at it with websites and portfolios and whatnot. Um, and again, just like be super honest with the things that you've worked on um, and how you can utilize that for, for a company or for a future project that, you know, you can, you can land for the most part. Yep. And what about cover letters? How important are they when you're applying to a role? Do you have to make it specific to a company? Okay, so I'm speaking on transparency. I will I'll yeah. be transparent here. Um, I personally, like, I, I think cover letters are great. I, I obviously read them when they're there. Um, like, I would rather a candidate, I would almost rather a candidate, like, work on a personal website and send me mm-hmm. that than a cover letter. I think, like, okay. I think that would be more impactful, at least on my end, right? I'm not sure, you know, as a, as a whole within, within the industry. Um, I know like a lot of my recruiting friends kind of feel the same where it's like, we have their resume resumes are so built out nowadays and so complex that the cover letter is kind of just like a, it's a plus obviously. And, and, you know, but nowadays it's also like, and you know, you can, you can ask a software or an AI tool to, to write a cover letter and it's like, you know, it could could be great and, and all, but you know, let's, let's really go after the right fit based on experience, based mm-hmm. on, on profile. We have their LinkedIn, we have their resume, we have any extra things that they're giving us. Um, cover letters are great. If anyone out there is, is writing cover letters, please continue to do so. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Um, but I just think like, really, if you're out there and spending a lot of time with cover letters and, and, you know, doing a lot of extra effort with that, I would maybe say, put that effort toward, toward other, other avenues that you can possibly do within the process, maybe spend that time connecting with a lot of folks in the company or, yeah. or sending messages to folks in the company. Um, if you're trying to land an interview and so on and so forth, um, I like just, just hit, hit a interview process or a company from, from all ways you possibly can write uh, an application, a cover letter, uh, a website. I think like, as long as you're not spending, you know, extra amounts of time, almost, you know, wasting time that's valuable within a process on a cover letter. Perfect. But if you are, like I said, I, I would maybe put that time toward other avenues to, to get your face and name in front of the company um, in other ways. Because again, if they reject your application, um, one person is seeing that for the most part, right? As a recruiter within my internal roles, if I'm archiving an individual, I'm the only person that's going to see that. I'm the only person that sees that cover letter. It's kind of a dead end for the most part, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, like I said, if you're connecting with individuals, sending in mail, sending messages, um, really kind of like getting those weeds into the company, um, you know, better, better results there in, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I think prioritization cover letters are still supplemental. They help, but there's some better things you can do to ultimately land an interview. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think again, like if you have a template perfect and you can, again, just kind of switch out your specific things, excuse me, yeah. um, you know, for the, for the role and whatnot. So, you know, back to the personalization and customization of, of tailoring your process to, you know, to make yourself the, the top candidate. Cause there's a lot yep. of candidates out there right now. Yep. Uh, last thing I want to touch upon references. Yeah. What are, so let's just say you want to get a, a sales role, right? What are the best references you can get for a recruiter? Meaning like, where do they come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at a sales role. There's a recruiter going to be reviewing my resume, right? 
what are the type of references that I should put on there? Yeah, like who? Yeah, I would say um, like a senior leader for sure. So if okay. you're bigger, like an account executive, um, I would want to see maybe like SVP of sales, like someone someone in a leadership position, not necessarily your manager. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of what I would think. And again, like whether it's SVP, VP, I just think like higher up who can report on your success, um, but not necessarily be like in the weeds with you. I think that's gotcha. one, one contact where it's mm -hmm. like that higher level leadership of, of scope um, paired with like current manager or, or someone that is working with them hand in hand on a day to day mm -hmm. basis. So you have kind of the, the leadership scope on a, on a more broad level. You then have um, kind of like that equal, like teammate calibrative scope in, in, in a sense, if you will, whether it's another AE or, you know, someone that they're working closely with, even maybe like their, their, their one up manager in a sense. Um, and then maybe even like an individual under possibly, I think I, I, I would like to, to maybe do that in terms of like, kind of go up the, up the ranks for someone that maybe this individual is already leading how, what's their leading structure like, you know, how do they manage, how do they train up to that person's manager? You know, what is it like to manage them? What kind of leadership do they need? You know, what are some pros and cons in terms of like their experience or what they're working on uh, to them, like leadership style, like the, the true scope of, you know, this individual has a very big impact on our org. You know, they work very well, um, you know, but not necessarily someone that could answer you know, like the questions that a manager should, I think that's, that's a, a way to go about it. Hmm. Like, and there's, there's various ways too. like, and that's, I was saying that in terms of like one company, right? So if, a, if an AE is coming from one company, you're hitting like, let's call it like mid to senior to leadership references all in one company, okay. um, or you can do um, kind of like that same flow from previous roles. Like for instance, I have like my main my main references is like my recruiting manager from Robinhood, my SVP from Planful. And I have like two lead recruiters that I've worked with like extremely close um, throughout all three or four of my experiences. So I think like there's different ways to go about it, but I think absolutely hit on the different levels of individuals because all three of those levels will give all three different inputs. Um, yeah. And if you're good in your role and if you're, you know, you're, you're successful, um, all three of those opinions and levels fully, fully matter and are, are very critical to make a, a, a decision in terms of like a reference and whatnot. Yeah, I think that was a great answer. So at least three there. Yeah, at different levels. Gotcha. The sweet spot for for sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, start wrapping this up here. I'm curious, what is your piece of advice for someone looking to one get into the recruiting industry overall, and two, how do you get into the recruiting industry and then also into the Bitcoin industry? How do you marry those two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, recruiting recruiting industry as a whole, right? There's there is more opportunity than than you know. I think uh, obviously markets right now within talent acquisition recruiting as a whole are flooded, like to say the least. Like, I, you know, I'm a recruiter. I'm 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 pretty honest in terms of what I think, and I think that you know, recruiting and TA was just massively hit. You know, harder than harder than a lot of verticals within within the business. So I think hmm. like, you know, it's a scary time to say, hey, I wanna be a recruiter. Um, but it's also a time where you're like, oh man, like I can really do this well. Like there's, there's such a need for individuals to 
you know, to find a new job, if, if they're going through all these layoffs, if they're going through all these different things, um, you know, the market is, is hot right now to, to find those people or to find those candidates new roles. So I think like that really makes the, the caveat point of, you know, if you're new to recruitment or if you never joined a recruitment team before, or you want to join, like, yes, it's a pretty scary time in general as a whole within the market. But I think like, you know, whether you want to go to an internal role, an agency, an RPO service, if you want to just like start off on your own, um, like, you know, there's tons of opportunity out there to just, once again, connect with an individual. Hey, what are you working on? What do you want to work on? You know, what's what's an industry that you want to be in? Um, and I think like, again, there's there's so many different opportunities within so many different industries to, to jump on in on an entry level basis and just like really understand the functionality of a recruiter Mm-hmm. action items how do we actually accomplish this you know how do you how do you ramp up to to understand the, the ta world um so again like i think like that's kind of a thing that's going on right now is just so many applications and so many job descriptions people are a little bit discouraged because once again there's just a lot of things going on so i think just stay true to what you want um you know gotta hit the market hard for sure as all recruiters do as a recruiter you know with with a role like you're always always hitting the market extremely hard you have to do that for yourself when you're looking for a role as well into the bitcoin space right i mean i think kind of the same thing goes there like i i personally feel that if you really want to get into the space and and i guess the question for you is does this person have previous Bitcoin experience? Are they brand new to the space? And they're just like, oh man, I love it. I want to get in. How do I do it? I guess what's like the outlook there for you? They, they've been in Bitcoin for a while. Okay, cool. Okay, maybe they're they're an existing recruiter and that now wants to work in the Bitcoin industry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say it's the same thing as, as we were saying before in terms of like, you know, your, your personal brand awareness, right? Like making it known that Alex Mastando is a Bitcoin only recruiter. So yeah. I think I once again was able to share that, you know, with Andy and with Bitcoin Talent Co. because yeah. of Robinhood and Kraken. But if someone doesn't have, you know, Robinhood and Kraken in their profile, you know, how do they do that? And I really think that goes back to, you know, making making it known who you are, what you do, what you want to do, um, whether that's with your profile, whether that's with your resume, whether that's doing all these different engagements. I mean, question back to you: what would what would you do if a recruiter reached out to you or they say, Hey, I know what Bitcoin talent does. They just saw you on Twitter. Right. And, yeah. and they, they, they DM you and they're like, Hey, like I was, I've been working for five years in the space. Um, you know, I, I never worked at a Bitcoin company before, but I've, I've been in, in the space and really interested in the last few years. Um, like here's my resume, like for you as you know, in, in your position here, yeah. like that, that would probably be like, awesome. Like, this is great to know, even if we don't have a role for you right now to bring you on as a recruiter, like let's connect in a few months. If we have a lot going on, like, absolutely. Like let's, let's start this conversation now. So that's my exact answer. It would be reach out to me either on Twitter, DM, go to our website, bitcointalent.co, get in touch with us, contact us, let us know if you're a recruiter, at least you want to get in, maybe in the recruiting industry within Bitcoin. Um, and let's have a conversation at least. So if it's not us, and then there's other companies hiring internal recruiters too. Right. So there's a couple different options there. It's a first step. Just reach out to us. Maybe we can help out. It's all about the engagement, right? It's about the awareness, about the engagement. If something isn't ready for you now, it absolutely could be later on. Exactly. Um, If this is what you want to do, make that known. And, you know, let's, let's work together on, you know, hopefully making that happen. I tell people that all the time. If it's like, 
Okay, we might not have something open right now at this moment. Yep. Let me know about your profile and what you do and how talented you are. Literally two months later, like things can change in an instant and yep. boom. Exactly. I mean, even even my personal story, right? I mean, once I was impacted at, at Kraken, we, yeah. you know, Andy, Andy reached out immediately and it was, you know, middle of December, just a little bit before, before Christmas. And it was very, very much a, hey, let's take it slow. I was like, I'm in no rush. No, I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity for what it's worth. I'm going to yep. go go forward with whatever's happening. Um and you know, like every two to three weeks, it was it was just another touch point, you know, mm-hmm. another advancement. Um, and you know, what what started out as just a very intro, hey, how's it going type conversation, that led to you know me me being here now. And I think like that is exactly what will happen, you know, in the case of anyone that wants to to be in the space. I think whether you want to be a recruiter, you want to be an eng, you want to be a head of marketing, whatever it is, like you know, if 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 your profile is strong and you know your experience and interests lie in the bitcoin landscape you know make that engagement and, and make that message out and obviously you know the nothing will nothing negative will come from that to, to say the least right you're just increasing your odds of completely accomplishing that goal exactly yeah absolutely nice well thank you so much for your time today let's wrap this up um how can people get in touch with you yeah, absolutely. So LinkedIn, um, Alex Mastando, um, active there pretty much every day. Just launched my Bitcoin Talent Co. Twitter, if anyone wants to okay. follow. So it's at AM, at Bitcoin Talent. Um, okay. So that's uh, that's there. Um, and yeah, I would say pretty much other than that, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, probably my, my two most, most active platforms right now. So feel free to reach out. Any questions on recruiting, on Bitcoin, on Bitcoin Talent Co., um, you know, happy to, to assist and, you know, make some introductions if need be. Yeah, man. And uh, excited to have you on the team. Yes, likewise. Let's, let's grow the Bitcoin industry together. And uh, we'll have you back on in a couple more months. Give yeah, some more absolutely. recruiting tips. Really All appreciate it. Right, thanks that. so much, Alex. Thank you. Yeah. And this is also a reminder that Bitcoin Talent Co. is the first recruiting firm dedicated solely to the Bitcoin industry. Our mission is to equip Bitcoin companies with the top talent in the world. So if you're looking to get a job in the industry, or if you're a Bitcoin company looking for recruiting services, please head over to our website at www.bitcointalent.co.